Cool. Well, uh, we should probably introduce ourselves. I think Ken and I get so comfortable because we do this every other Thursday. You know what? Just hold on a second. Oh. Uh, before we do that, let's let's go to the, the, the bump and then we'll get right into the show. How does okay. that sound? Okay. That sounds like fun to me. Sound good? Yeah, okay. You're in charge, Sean. today. Oh, did you guys hear that? I'm going to, somehow I've got to be able to clip this. And don't I, worry I have about to who we are. This. We don't need I to tell you. I have to use this <laughs> at some point in today's show. We're going to talk about the one dog training skill command that's actually going to teach your dog to listen better and it's going to stop some of those bad behaviors. I'm Ken Steve. I'm Cal McCann. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. I see lots of new people in the chat. Now, so let's mm. let's maybe tell everybody who we are. Yeah. So um <laughs> don't believe her. Um <laughs> Definitely, uh, I will. I will be sure to reel the control back in before yes. the end of oh, the hour. It won't that take was, long. That was uh, don't like that. Anyways, I'm just kidding. Um, for those of you who don't know who we are, um, we are both professional dog trainers from Ontario, Canada, and um, McCann Dog Trainers is a uh, business that my family started years and years and years ago, and um, we train family dogs to be excellent members of the family. Um, yeah, and over the course of that time. McCann Dogs has helped more than 100,000 dog owners mm -hmm. who have the same dog training challenges that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before the, the the virus that shall not be named, because uh, <laughs> I think it gets demonetized here on YouTube. But, um, you know, we're helping more than 500 dogs every week in our training facility. Mm -hmm. So um, the train station is a fun opportunity for Kale and I to hang out and talk to you guys and chat a little bit about, uh, you know, what you can do in your training to make things uh, even better. You know, make your dog listen better in today's episode is specifically talking about Yeah, and about hopefully that. you're going to pick up some good uh, tips and tricks and towards the, um, throughout the live stream, we'll also talk to you about some other training opportunities that you would have to actually work with us throughout the week with your dog right. training, where we can assist you and, and help you in the things that you're having. But tonight is just a free-for-all. We're going to have some great conversation. Have We're going to give fun. you lots of great tips. And um, you never know what's going to happen with these train stations. So yeah. it could be mildly entertaining as well. It is live. Well. It is live. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have been here before, you, I see SD Cruiser, one of our moderators in the chat. I see Instructor Steve. I see all, all sorts of familiar names. But you'll, you guys, if you've been here before, you'll know that we wouldn't be able to put on these train stations if it wasn't for a very important person. Uh, you might know him as Lots of Links Luton, if you've been around here long enough. But you also might know him as Dan, the moderator man. We set I'm up. Sad that he's not with us. This I week. know, I know. Last last show, uh, Dan was actually same. with us in studio. But in uh, what we've done, luckily, right, is I've set up a satellite, launched a satellite into orbit. No yes. big deal. A lot of math and stuff. But uh, directly to Dan. So we're going to check in live and see what Dan is doing right now. Let's see. There he is. Oh, looking sharp in his shirt too. There he is. That's Dan the moderator man. <laughs> so you will see lots of links Luton in the chat. Uh, you'll see him uh, as uh, Dan Luton uh, and you'll see he has a little wrench beside his name. So he might be able to fire some, uh, um, you know, uh, links for you and uh, hopefully get things, you know, really uh, a little bit deeper. Like I, we love the amount of resources that we can give to you guys over the course of our Translation live shows. So, you know, it's fun for us to be able to send you different resources, different videos, because we've shot a mm -hmm. lot of videos over the course of, uh, of our time here on YouTube. So, um, oh, the other thing, which mm -hmm. I actually saw earlier in the chat, the other thing we love, and I, this is so much fun for me because we have so many um, international students in our, in our online training programs from all over the world, and we also have so many of you guys joining us here on the train station from all over the world, and sometimes I'll see like a place, and I don't even know where it is, and I've got to look it up, and mm -hmm. it's really fun for me, but, um, it's time for the train station roll call. You know what I thought I should do? What? I think it's because we've been watching a lot of Good Mythical Morning. 
I should say, where in the world is the train station viewer watching from? What do you think? You, if that's what makes you Doesn't happy, work. then you, oh, isn't that you nice? just go for it. <laughs> I mean, you sound ridiculous. Let us know whatever. in the chat where you guys are watching from. I need to get one of those um, uh, spyglass things or, or a um, like a mirror thing from... Uh, or you could just like wear a paper bag on your face and then nobody would have to listen to your jokes. Oh, maybe. I think they'd still hear me. It would just be terribly <laughs> muffled. So we are jumping in. We see lots of people. I see uh, Pamela uh, back. She's uh, said a few times, chugga chugga toot toot from Eustace, Florida. I see somebody joining in from Van City, uh, Portland, Oregon. It's going very quickly now. Uh, Connecticut, D.C. Uh, Peru. Peru, very cool. Pennsylvania. Santa uh, Cruz. Glas Glasgow, Scotland. Thanks for joining us, Jason, and staying up. Left I know it's later India. over there. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. S uh, Sydney, Australia. Did you just say this one? Scotland. Uh, Missouri. India, uh, Longmount. Uh, Atlanta. Miami. Montana. Hamilton. Bunch Adventures of, of Gatsby. From Maryland. You're not very far away from us. Uh, the Chicago Burbs. Biloxi, Mississippi. Henderson, Nevada. Seattle, Washington. Marina, Delray, California, Vancouver, wow. California. You sound like um, <coughs> Vancouver, Washington, Toronto. People again, another uh, Ontarian here. Don, thanks for joining us here from Toronto, um, Massachusetts, Dallas, Novi, Michigan, Bloomsburg. I think I've seen Novi before. I wonder if uh, uh, MJC MJC Cromasco is uh, uh, been back for another train station. Mm -hmm. uh, Manitoba, Canada. Thanks for joining us here, Rainbow Star. Uh, Brisbane, Australia, from Dr. Holy Crusher. Holy smoly, yeah. there's uh, so many. Isabel from Spanish Fork, Utah. Manitoba, Coda. The Burner from Peru. Thanks for joining us, Carla. And the list goes on and on. Um, but I, I think it's time we jump into some of the training here. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see lots of you guys here in the chat. I was going to say, a couple of people have asked if Dan does training. Uh, our My brother Dan does training out in BC. He does not. He lives here in Toronto. Yeah. And... Um, He's just there visiting. Sorry yeah. to, sorry to uh, break your luck. <laughs> okay, let's jump into this. Let's talk about what we're talking about when we mention that, and again, like this is why I'm so excited about this show is because this is the thing that once I really had an understanding of it, understanding of what the command is. It's like is a game changer. And how to apply. It is a game changer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had, and not just for puppies, but you can start applying this stuff with your puppy like right now. Mm -hmm. But with my dog who was two years old when I first went to training because I was compelled to, my vet said I had to go to some kind of training. <laughs> um, uh, you know, once I started working through these processes and really got it, uh, man, it made a big difference mm -hmm. for her and it really helped me, you know, give her better information in the future. But let's talk about, you know, dogs who generally don't listen or, or you know, when you want your dog to listen to you, the, the things that you have working against you maybe. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that, um there's lots of dogs that don't listen. I would imagine that a lot of people on the chat today um, are here listening tonight because your dog's probably doing something that you don't really like or you want to stop. Right. So um, teaching your dog to, that you're worth listening to and that it's enjoyable to listen to you is, um, is really, really important. So one of the things we wanted to talk to you guys today is just a simple exercise or expectation maybe is even the better word to use that you guys can implement to your training right away that's going to really teach your dog how to view you as somebody worth listening to um, and that that they want to listen that they like to listen to you and sometimes fixing a couple different things what people don't realize with dog training is that sometimes if there's like a weak area and you fix that area of your dog's training or expectation, it's like a amazing domino effect. All of a sudden you, you work on this and then that problem, it just disappears. That problem disappears. That problem disappears because it all sort of, you know, falls into the same thing as does your dog really feel like they need to listen to you or not? 
Or have you actually put the work in and the training in to teach your dog some of the things that you need? And what happens is when you start to improve things in some areas, it's it sort of has a trickle effect into other areas. And then before you know it, you know, things are just hunky-dory. So something that I'm seeing happening here in the chat, and uh, I mean, I have to admit, uh, Kale toots much better than I do. Oh, but I'm a way Because this is a train yeah. station, I, these guys are asking, where are the toots? SD Cruiser oh. actually pointed out that since you you toot better than I do. You uh, don't want to toot anymore? Well, I, I mean, I do, but I think I, I think the, the fans have spoken. I mean, I'm, I mean I, people I can, in the live stream know. I think we drop one toot just I for can, everybody in the chat. I can, Snow literally, drop specifically. I can literally do it on command. Yeah, you can. Okay, so <laughs> I think that's a good idea. You, you toot on command right Except now. sometimes I forget how to hold it. Oh, yeah. That was she didn't one. even give this thing, but it was yeah. still pretty good. No, I can't because I have to fully concentrate on what I'm doing. So I, It requires my whole brain. One <laughs> of the things that we're talking about here is you, you might have the problem that sometimes your dog listens quite well. Sometimes they don't. You ask them to sit. Sometimes they're great. Other times they, their bum touches the floor and away they go. Mm -hmm. This is really one of the challenges that people have where they say, uh, oh, you know, he does it at home. Uh, I mean, it, yes. it, this works everywhere uh, except for when you're watching or whatever the thing is, whatever, whatever the, uh, you know, Or the don't distract is. him or he won't listen. Right, right. <laughs> I love that and, one. <laughs> yeah, and, and when we talk about training dogs, the way I want you to think about training your dog is reliability. Reliability is everything because if they can't sit specifically, reliably, then they can't sit. They can't sit on command. If they don't listen when you call their name, then they, they just don't, you, you don't have the reliability to keep them safe, to, mm -hmm. to take them more places. And that should be your goal, being able to be comfortable, be confident that your dog is gonna listen when you really need them to. So mm -hmm. let's talk about how we can get these guys to instill that in their dog. You know, no, give their dogs the right information so that their dogs are making better choices. So. What we want to talk to you guys tonight about is a very simple command that you're going to apply to a lot of different scenarios. And it's in the idea of teaching your dog to do a behavior until you tell them they don't have to do it anymore. And it's basically what we call a release command. And when we're training, we typically use the word, okay. Lots of people say different things. Um, and this... Thank you, Mary H., for the super sticker. You see we go, the, the lights, super chat lights go green. Thank you very much. Yay! Um, this is... This is not just about like, you know, teaching your dog to sit, stay until you release them. Right. There are so many different applications that you can use this particular behavior or skill for that really is going to teach your dog um, that you need to, that they need to listen to you in lots of scenarios. So what we want to do is we want to talk to you a little bit about um, a couple different, dis di different scenarios where we want you to start implementing this into your training. But one of the things that I think is important is that you take the time to build value into doing something until they're released or what the release command is even all about. It could be something that you've never even really tried before. Um, the other thing is, you know, we'd love to know how many of you actually teach your dogs um, the idea of doing something until they're released. So to give you an example, this is something that a lot of people do, and you can say in the chat if this is something that you do with your dog. A lot of people um, will make their dog sit or wait before they put the food down, and then they'll release the dog to the food. It's a really common behavior that, that people do to, to teach their dog um, to have a little bit of self-control and manners around their food. Right. So let me know in the chat if this is something that, that you guys do with yeah. your own dog. Because the idea of that is uh, actually a much bigger picture. And you can take that same process of, um, yeah, lots of people say yes, thanks to your videos, yes. Yeah. 
Perfect. So many of you are already starting to do it. That's great. So that process of teaching your dog, you do this until I give you permission and to do something that you like. This can actually be applied to so many different situations in your dog's life that you might not have thought about before. Um, but before we get into that, we want to just talk to you a little bit about like the value of teaching your dog to maintain position or understand what the word okay is. Um, and I actually I don't know how quickly you want to get into demonstrations or not, but. Yeah, I want to say thank you to Pierre for the super sticker. Uh, I do appreciate it. And look at how nice those lights look. Oh, oh blue. Cool. Thank you. Um, when do you want to do demos is what I'm trying to ask um, you. So let's, maybe we can break them up a little bit. Like, let's start, why don't we think about from puppies. So maybe some of you guys in the chat have puppies right now or you're about to get a puppy. I know there's lots of excited uh, viewers that we have that are like, I'm getting a puppy in two weeks and I want to give them the best information. Um, maybe we can start there. Like, what sort of things can you do with your puppy? And then we'll just sort of work up in terms of age. Yeah. How does that sound? That sounds great, Ken. Okay. <laughs> Okay, if you have a young puppy, you're going to start off by... <laughs> uh. <laughs> by the way, he's not following our script and I want to strangle him oh, right sorry. now, but I'm yeah. just going to I'm just going to roll with it. We're just going to we're just going to let cats it go. And boots and cats. Yeah. That wasn't mm. on the script either. Anyways, um what the heck was I just uh, talking about? Uh, talk, talking about starting like with uh, food. All right. Um, okay. So one of the things we want you to start off with is working a little bit on teaching your dog to have manners around food. And um, this is something that we call, um, the dog training term for it is rule outs. But essentially what it is, is teaching your dog to have emotional control right. using something that your dog really likes. And it's a way to teach your dog to have manners around food. But also what it is, is it's teaching your dog to um, listen to you until they've been given some type of release. So the idea of having a release command is that your dog knows when they should be working and when they don't have to work. And that's really, really important because we need to make sure that our dog understands when it's time to give us attention and we expect them to listen and they need to be on their game and they need to be focused and yada, yada, yada. But then we don't want to expect that from our dogs all of the time. You know, you know, if my dog's sitting and holding position and I say, okay, and I put the food down, I want my dog just to get up and eat and not worry about anything. Right. Or, you know, if I'm taking my dog for a walk and I have them walking nice and close to my side on a loose leash and lots of control, and then I want to um, release my dog and just let them sniff a little bit, then I'm just going to tell the dog, okay, and let the dog have some freedom. Now, that doesn't mean they're allowed to drag me down the street, but mm -hmm. it does mean that they can kind of just, you know, relax a little bit. I'm not expecting a certain um, type of engagement from them. And that's why using a release is so important because what a lot of dogs don't really realize is that sometimes they need to give you a lot of engagement and sometimes they don't. And the reason why they don't understand that is the person or the handler or the owner hasn't um, specified when they should be working and when they shouldn't. Totally. So it's something we want you to think about. This is really a, you know, a light bulb moment for me when I was uh, working with my the first dog through McCann Dog Training. Uh, and uh, so imagine you go to work and you're, uh, you have a bunch of work to do, but you never really know when you're going to be finished. Is, is the, you know, are you gonna leave at five? Or are you gonna leave tomorrow morning? You never really know. So it would be very hard to uh, use the appropriate amount of energy. It would mm -hmm. really be hard to be excited about getting something done. Mm -hmm. The same thing can be sort of applied to your dog training. You know, w what's what's in it for your dog if you tell them to sit and then you walk away? What's in it for your dog if you insist on that heel walking position, especially with a dog in training who's like, this is not that much fun. I, you know, I don't really see the value in this. The entire walk, it's just not 
reasonable and it's not thinking, you know, it's not being a great leader for your dog. You need to set them up to be successful. And one of the ways we do that right from the very beginning is by some of these rule out games, some of the, the you know, using food uh, uh, to our advantage. And, and maybe this would be one of the, you know, maybe you can show mm -hmm. that rule out game. Mm -hmm. um, and Walid, thanks for the super chat. Do nice. appreciate it. Um, so let's get into that demo, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it also gives me an opportunity to take the damn tutor back, because I'm gonna throw on over to the train station. Let's get into this, guys. <laughs> um, thank you very much, very much, Walid, for the super sticker. Uh, uh, you turned the lights. It looks like they're green. I'm a little bit colorblind. It looks like uh, it might, might be yellow. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, with no further ado, let me get this set up here. Go to camera two. Uh, we're going to head on over, guys, over to the train station. <laughs> Let me know if you like that one better. Which one? Your toot? Okay. Uh, I grabbed Hippie here because out of all of our dogs, I would say that she probably is the highest um, value or most motivation for food. So I can show you a little bit on some of this rule-out stuff that we start to do. So what I'm going to do is I have a little bit of food in my hand, and uh, I'm just going to work on teaching her to choose to leave the food alone. So if I show her the food and she tries to snatch it from my hand or she tries to paw at my hand or whatever it is, I'm actually going to keep the food in a tight fist so she can't get at it. Every time she sort of moves herself away from the food, I'm going to expose the food so she can see it. Now, when you do this with your dog, as soon as you open your hand with the food on it, most dogs are gonna say, oh, there's food, and they're gonna dive towards your hand, and you need to be really quick on this one. When that happens, you're gonna close your hand again, and you're gonna simply open, close, open, close. You're opening each time the dog moves away, you're closing each time the dog approaches, until you get to the point where you can keep your hand open and your dog will choose to not go after the food. And we don't yell at the dog or tell the dog anything. This is just basically a way for them to rule out their options until they choose the correct one. Okay, so I'm actually going to switch things up a little bit because she's used to me doing this exercise a certain way. So I'm going to start on this side and I'm going to open my hand, close it. Yes, good girl, good. So Hippie's seeing the food, she's choosing <laughs> you thought about it. She's choosing to leave it alone. Yeah, so I'm going to take a piece of food and I'm going to hand it to her. Good girl, and I'm going to come a little closer. If she tries to go for it, I'm going to close my hand. Yes, good girl. Now I have, now I have the food right beside her. Each time she looks at it, I close my hand quickly. Yes, good girl. Now you might not be able to progress quite that fast. I have done this with Hippie quite a bit. I started this with her as a young puppy. And one of the main reasons why I started with her, she was so frantic, excited about food that I would get the food out and she would basically just lose her brain. She couldn't focus. So we had to work a lot on control. Now, of course, you can build this into when you go to feed your dog. So you could practice putting food down on the ground. Good girl, I'm going to sit for a second. I'm going to have the food there. Now, if she was to go for it, I could cover it with my hand so she can't get at it. If it's able to stay in front of her without her grabbing it, yes, good girl. I can reward her. I can also start to implement my release command. So when I'm ready, I'm going to say, okay, good girl. And I can start to teach her. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Sam. I can start to teach her how to wait until she's released. Come here, hip. So I'm gonna throw a couple kibbles in this bowl. Good girl, sit. Good girl, I'm gonna put the bowl down. Oops, sit, good girl. 
I'm going to put the bowl down good. If she was to go for it, I would simply pick the bowl up. Oopsie, so she got up, so the bowl's going to not go down again until we... Come here, Missy Moo. We have a sit. Good girl. I'm going to put the bowl down. Oops, so I don't want her going for it. Yes, good girl. Good choice. Good choice. Yes. Now, I... Funky, be quiet. Oh, don't you dare. Good girl. I try to go for one more step up. So if this is something a lot of you guys said you've already practiced this, I go for this. Look how Hippie's looking away from the food and now she's looking at me. Yes. I try to raise my game a little bit uh, one step higher once the dog knows to hold. So not only do I put the food down, I wait for her to... Yes, look at me. Okay, and then I can let her have the food from there. So you can actually start to ramp up your expectation once your dog starts to understand. Now, I will do this exact same exercise with teaching my dog how to come in and out of the crate. Now, what's that? Thank you, VL, for the super chat. I forgot to uh, say Oh, awesome. Okay, go ahead. Now, we have a ton of videos that talk about how to teach your dog to go into the crate very willingly, but I want to talk to you about what we do to teach the puppies how to come or the dogs out of their crate really um, with a lot of uh, control as well. So when I open the door, anytime I want my dog, oopsie, to stay in the crate before being released, I don't open the crate door and just ever let my dog barge out. I always open the door. You'll notice she doesn't come out until I say, okay, yay, good girl. And it's a great way to teach them to be under a little bit more control. That way I could, yes, good girl. I could easily attach her leash. There's lots of things that I could do. This is super helpful. I, we crate our dogs when we drive in the car. Um, and then when we get out, and if I open the hatch door and then I open the crate, I don't want her jumping out and coming into the parking lot. I want her to stay and be nice and safe. So when you're training this, when you open the door, you can open it a little bit, and if they come out, just close the door again. Oops. Yes, good girl. And when she doesn't attempt to come out, yes, what a good girl. I'm going to reward her. Yes, good girl. Let me try that again. Yes, so she didn't even try to come out that time. All her paws stayed in, and then I can add... Okay, yay, good girl. Now again, if some of you have already been starting this, because if you've watched our train station before, you probably would have seen a, a demo similar to this, you can make it a little bit more advanced. So if she's in her crate, and I open the crate door, I can even make it a little harder on her. Oopsie, in you go. Good girl. So I'm going to try and put food on the floor. Good girl, yes. Now I don't really like her paws on there, so I'm just going to push her back a little bit. There, yes, good girl. And if the food can stay out on the floor, okay. And then I can release her when I'm ready. So these are just a couple of things you can do to work around food with your dog, just to keep the, uh, teach them how to have a little bit more manners. The other thing you can do too, though, Ken, I don't know if you want to show this now. We can show the uh, um, greeting. Hello. Let's get. Um, let's get. And into, we'll come back to it. Yeah, let's talk okay. About the applications. Okay. Sounds good. Also, we can head on back. You know what's cool about that? Kale was dropping knowledge bombs ab uh, about uh, beginner stuff, like what you'd, how you'd start, but then she was like leveling stuff up. And it's so much fun for me to watch that because I know some of you guys, there's sort of varying well, levels you know of understanding uh, in here in the chat. What's that? Because I see uh, quite a few of our uh, online students. Yep. And um, oh, yeah. 
I know that they've done a lot of those beginner things that uh, already because a lot of that we go through step by step in our classes. And so I wanted to make sure that I gave them some things that were maybe yeah. a little bit uh, harder than what they've done so that they can challenge their dogs. Do you a bit know more. you guys have a call uh, tomorrow? Have you guys established what the calls are going to be? We have. So if, if yes. you are a life skills or a puppy essential students or student or you want to become uh, a life skills or a puppy essential student and our puppy essentials is for dogs that are four months and younger. Yep. Uh, puppy essentials is our puppy class for yep. dogs six months and under. Six months and younger. Yeah. And, and our life skills is our sort of all-encompass uh, yeah. uh, program for dogs uh, six months and older. And we do weekly calls with all these students. You, you'll see we uh, shared some of our students. They were uh, they were jumping in, in the chat. And we yeah. shared that with us. But yeah, tomorrow in Puppy Essentials, we're talking about um, the difference between when you should redirect your dog when they're making a poor choice versus okay. distract your dog. Great. And how those two things are very different from one another. Um, and then in our life skills uh, class, we are going to be talking about manners around food. So actually, um, kind of what we did about there, but also very, very different okay. um, about like teaching your dog not to beg, um, teaching them to take food gently when they're excited, all kinds of things we're going to be talking about. Very cool. Yep. Um, so thank you, Lydia Ann, for the uh, super sticker. Uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, uh, if Mimi, you... you didn't, you didn't join too early because you're a puppy essentials. Um, um, participant, we, uh, we allow them to, to enter early. So you're good to go. Okay. So you may have seen that and thought, okay, well, that's great. You know, uh, the dog doesn't leap at the food bowl, uh, but really what's, what is that what's matter? the value? How yeah, does why, that apply? why does that apply yeah. to my dog listening? What, what's the association there? Well, the idea behind teaching your dog to listen is that if they understand that a, you're worth listening to and B, that they need to continue doing a behavior until you release them. So in that case, Hippie had to continue sitting and even looking at me before I released her to do what she wanted. Right. Hippie needed to remain in the crate until I released her out. But I can start to use those same processes in all kinds of other scenarios in my dog's life to help me to have better control. And also in a lot of uh, situations that your dog will be safe, more safe. So one of the things that... Um, I find happens a lot, and this is something that we teach a lot in life skills in our grade one in-house programs, is what happens at the end of what we call a recall. So recall for yep. us is when you call your dog and your dog stops what they're doing and immediately runs directly to you. And in our training, we teach our dogs to sit in front of us for control so that we could hook their leash on or, or whatever it might be. Right. But I can't tell you how many times I've been like walking in the park or in the fields, somebody's called their dog over, they have their leash in their hand, they're ready to hook it onto the dog, and just as they reach in, the dog takes off and runs right. away from that person yeah. again. Or they get the puppy sitting, they get the dog sitting, they're about to hook the dog up, and then boom, the dog wants to take off. Yeah. So that's another scenario where you can start to implement the whole idea of waiting for a release. So when you're practicing, you should encourage your dog to come over to you to sit. We like to reward far more for sitting in front of us than we do for the coming part, so that this is a really valuable place to be. We reward. We might even practice hooking a leash on, taking the leash off, hooking it on, taking it off, hooking it off, and right. repeating that so the dog sort of says, oh, okay, this is a pretty you normal thing for me to happen. And then once my dog is maintaining the sit and I hook the leash on, that is not the release. And I can't tell you how many dogs hear that sound of the clip and think, okay, mom's got me in a leash. I can just do what I want now. Right. So we teach our dogs that when you clip the leash on, look and wait for us to say, okay, for me to give you um, further information. So that release command is something that we implement in our recall that just gives you that 
extra bout of, of control uh, for your dog. And if you teach it in a positive way like we do with lots of rewards and positive uh, voice, um, the dogs pick up on it really, really, really quickly. Yeah. And it's so handy. Oh, it is 100%. And, and we're talking about very specific situations. And I mean, we, we listed some. Kayla and I were chatting during dinner and talking about like, you know, where are some of these places that we're going to use this? Where is it going to be uh, immediately identifiable why this skill is great? Mm -hmm. it, you, you talked about it like get, getting out of the crate, uh, out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. at you know a park or something um going up or down the stairs going in and out of a door mm. uh, i want to tell them a funny story about beeline okay so we oh, teach right. um we teach we taught our youngest dog um who was a puppy in our in our house now um that she wasn't allowed to go up and down the stairs unless we've released her and she's almost th she's three and a half now and still to this day ken and i forget constantly because we don't really implement as strict of rules that we did like three years ago. Obviously, we were much more strict with her. Right. Um, but even to this day, she will go to any staircase in our house up and down and she'll stand there and she'll wait until we say, okay, and then she'll fly up the stairs. But I find it exceptionally um, useful because I'll like make a hot tea and I walk upstairs to my office and typically I have four dogs, you know, behind me. So I'll usually say, wait, and I'll walk up the stairs so that my tea doesn't get spilled. Heaven forbid that happen. Yeah, and then I'll say, okay, and then let the dog come up behind. So, uh, but but e because we implemented that with her as a puppy, there's been times where I've walked up the stairs, gone into the office, and then been like, where is B? And I'll literally go back and she's standing at the bottom of the stairs being like, mom, you forgot me. And then I'm like, oh crap, sorry. Okay. And then right. she runs up from there. So they really do learn the routine if you continue to um, implement it. Uh, huge um, thank you to Debbie Sunderland for the super sticker. <laughs> and I uh, want to welcome back Despina Roca from Greece. Yeah. Um, now, uh, there's, there's a couple more examples that we're getting. Yeah, I just, I think, I want to speak to that specifically because there's a sort of old idea that, uh, you know, you should walk through the door before your dog because you're the alpha and they really need to, to listen. They need mm -hmm. to understand that you're in charge. That is not the case at all, and that is not what we're talking about. In fact, oh, Super Chat by Fluffy Jans. We'll jump to that in just a second, and I see that our, uh, trans or our Super Chat lights are flashing, so that worked. But what's really important, If I, this is how I want, I want you to think like a dog trainer. So if you have your dog offer some work, some effort by waiting for you to go first before they go through the door. That's so awesome, Wendy. That is so awesome. And then they get to go through. If you ask your dog to wait at the bottom of the stairs, number one, it's safe. And number two, it's a great, um, the perfect leadership moment for yeah. your dog to understand that if they put in a little bit of effort and they sit there while they want to go upstairs and then you go upstairs and once you get up there, you release them, they're getting what they want if they put forth a little bit of yeah. effort. This is really how you need to think about this. It's so, the same thing as waiting for the food bowl. Precisely. It's exactly yeah. the same thing. For it's sure. just a different scenario. I, I saw a few people uh, mention in the chat, oh, my dog doesn't really like food and, and that's okay. And you know, it, you really need to figure out why they don't like food. There's a whole list of reasons that they might not like food, but you know, these are situations that you can just take advantage of at any time of the day. Yeah. What does your dog want? To go up the stairs, to go somewhere? Can you get them to put in a little bit of effort I before think, you release um, that? I think going outside is a really good example as well. I've had to use that with one of my dogs. She loves to go outside and run and chase after the other dogs. And when she was younger, she was obnoxious at the door. She would jump almost as high as my head and she'd push herself off the door and she was just like, just a pain in the butt. And so we practiced, I will not open this door and let you go out and do what you want to do unless you're sitting calmly. And, um, you know, rather than releasing 
releasing her to food. I was releasing her to go outside and play. So I was taking something that she wanted and I was getting something that I preferred, which right. was sitting calmly at the door yeah. before letting her go outside. And this is a safety thing as well for the door specifically. You know, there you could have family members, you could have younger kids or friends that maybe aren't used to having a dog in the house. Like once you get used to a dog, you don't leave doors open. You like a front doors open. You just, you, you know that stuff. But sometimes the door gets uh, left open. And if your dog has had a lot of um, training of learning to wait before going out the door, you know, I think one of our life skills students, um, Wendy, she had said that yesterday, a front door was open yesterday when I was outside and Indy wouldn't come out until I said, okay. Oh, that's so great. the release is so useful. Yeah. And that's so amazing mm -hmm. because you could stop your dog from going outside on the on the road simply from just implementing one simple thing that's not hard to work through. Um, and it's just so helpful. So uh, Fluffy Giants, I love, thank you for the super chat. I love this question. I have an eight week old Dalmatian. He learns so quickly and just wants to keep going. I'm afraid of overstimulating him. How do I know when to stop? I, I love the fact that yeah. this is where your head is at because yeah, that's uh, really number smart. one, that you enjoy training so much. Your dog enjoys training so much. And that's probably why they're picking things up more quickly, why they feel like they're, uh, you know, very smart. But what at what point do you stop training? You know, when do you quit uh, without risking, uh, you know, overstimulating the dog? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I think it's something that um, that you need to be aware of because sometimes we get so excited with with new dogs and training that we just end up go, go, go. And then um, sometimes we do burn the dogs out a little bit. So you want to have that happy medium of, um, of, training enough that you stimulate the dog so that they get tired and they use their brain so that when you put them in the crate to chill out, they're actually ready to do that. But that you also don't train them past the point where they don't want to engage with you anymore. And having an eight week old puppy, um, you're going to have the absolute best training sessions by keeping them really short and sweet, but then do lots of them. Yeah. So for like, if I have my, when I have a dog that's only eight weeks old, even up to like 12 weeks old, I would say, I probably only train for like five to seven minutes at a yeah. time. And that would probably be a lot. So I would do a, a very um, intensive training session with treats and food. And then I might do a little bit of tug and play and things like that, you know, and 10, 15 minutes go by. And then I would take the puppy up for a pee and I would shove him in the crate for a little while. I wouldn't shove the puppy in the crate. I would put the puppy in the crate for a little while. Yeah. And then I would get the puppy out and do a little bit more. Um, so little tiny bits is going to be a lot better. And I find if you do that often, you'll actually start to build a bit of stamina on the puppy. And then maybe as the weeks progress, you could maybe train for 10 minutes and then, um, you know, progress from there. But the goal, is to not train our dogs for like this huge chunk of time in the day and then not worry about them for the rest right. of the day. Yeah. We want to train our dogs in a way that we're implementing our expectations and our rules and our training and all kinds of the things that we do with our dogs in a day. Um, we actually have a really good idea for um, a YouTube video, but we can't do it for another couple months. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and basically it's about this. It's, it's about going through step by step all day long how we would organize our day with a puppy and, and how much would we train and all yeah, that kind it's of a, stuff. It's a common thing but we want to show you with an actual puppy because it just it it will be a much better learning for you guys. So a uh, huge thank you to Ruth Windsor for the $5 super chat. My almost 10 month old Roddy gets very excited when certain people come to visit. I can't get her not to jump. How yeah. do I get her to stop? This is something that we wanted to talk about yes. a little bit. So Ruth, you- Very topical, Yeah, Ruth. very topical, but it's also the perfect opportunity to head on over mm -hmm. to the train station. Let me just speak to it first for a second okay. though, because I think it's easier just to talk here. Sure. Um, so when you have a dog that gets overexcited and they tend to jump on a lot of people, the 
absolute smartest thing that you can do is prevent that behavior from happening. There are lots of behaviors or specifically certain behaviors that are very, very self-rewarding for dogs. And the more they repeat it, um, the harder it is to break it. And jumping is one of those behaviors. Every time they get to jump on someone and the person sort of says, ah, get off, or they pet right. them, the dogs are like, woo, this is so much fun. And they're way more likely to do it again. So excuse me, prevention is going to be key. And there's a couple different ways that you're going to work on prevention. And I can show you in a moment with uh, with a, one of my dogs, but um, I don't know how much she's going to jump, but we can still <clears throat> talk about the prevention. Um, number one, distance is going to be your friend. So make sure that you're not going too close to whoever your dog wants to say hello to. You need to find that threshold where your dog can maintain a brain. And number two, give your dog an alternate behavior to do other than jumping. If you just choose to do nothing and you hold your dog in a tight leash, most untrained, wild and crazy, fun-loving dogs are going to act like nut houses. They're going to be wiggling and bopping around and just being really, really crazy. So you need to tell your dog, I don't want you to do this, but we always need to then say, but I would rather you do this. So it's not just you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's, I don't really like that, but this is what I would rather you do instead. And when you do this, I'm going to make it super worth your while. You're going to get lots of praise and reward and, and food and sometimes pets if you're in this position. So yes, that's right. Snowdrop says, or Mimi says, we, the wiggle butt. So our, our, um, I have to tell you, this is pretty funny. Our Puppy Essentials group, or maybe it's Life Skills, I can't remember. Um, they, they said that the Wiggle Butts would be a very good um, band name because as we oh, were yeah. talking about every dogs having Wiggle Butts, there was like 10 people that were like, yes, my dog is their, like that. Their first song has already been written. I know. Boots and cats and boots and cats oh, and boots and cats and boots oh, and cats God. and boots and cats. <laughs> um, anyways, so let me just... Um, let me just show you a little bit of um, what you can do. And again, I want you to keep in mind the whole like um, uh, emotional control uh, aspect of this. So if my dog is not showing me good emotional control, leash isn't loose, dog's, you know, not jumping or is doing too much jumping, I am not going to then let my dog run over and say hello to someone or I'm not going to let someone come in and pet my dog. What I need to teach the dog is that if you want this, you want that person to pet you, you need to be doing this first. And if you're not going to be doing that, then guess what? The petting's not going to happen. However, I'm not going to put that restriction on my dog until I've done the homework to teach my dog what I need to do. So I'm going to just show you the preventative uh, steps and then For we'll sure. get to... For um, sure. get to Lydia Ann's question? Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. There was another question I saw in here that someone asked like, well, what if my dog just doesn't wait? We're going to talk about that. And that is actually just as mm -hmm. important as setting up some of these opportunities to choose. So um, we'll get to that after this, uh, this demo. Um, and Lydia Ann, I've got your question loaded up here. And uh, with no further ado, lights. turn the lights on, lights, camera, action. It's time to head on over to the train station. I'm going to um, need you to um, One thing you also may notice is that Kale is wearing a very fashionable McCann Dogs bait pouch. And you can actually get your own bait it's pouch. It's very dirty because it gets used a lot. You can get your own bait pouch at McCannDogs.store. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you want me to shot yet? Or? Uh, yeah. Okay, okay um, so... B likes Ken a lot, obviously. So oh my goodness, what? Oh. So if Ken goes to approach her and she gets really excited, <laughs> what I don't want to do is allow her to jump up and then Ken. What a lot of untrained it's, dogs. It's okay. I love yeah, dogs. Do do a normal thing. Yeah. What happens? Oh, hi, cute guy. Hello. Come here. Oh, you're so good. Look yeah. at how cute your face so, is. So now, 
Uh, let me in on a little bit secret uh, there. I don't know if you might not have been able to tell, but B was hesitant to jump because she knows she's not allowed to. And then when she looked at me and Ken put his hands up, so we actually teach a pause up command, she was like, okay, oh, yeah. maybe I'm supposed to do this as another setup. Yeah. So anyways, what I want you to think about is if you find that being super close to that person is really difficult and the dog can't maintain a brain, you're going to work at a little bit of distance. And I would highly suggest that when you're training this that you have, whoopsie, Good girl. You're going to have some type of high value food. Now, again, I'm not going to allow the jumping. So she was, she's excited about this food. So she went to jump up on me. I just gave her a little verbal there. She's sitting back on the floor. Yes. Now I would do my yes and reward. I'm not going to feed her up here. I'm always going to feed her for being low. I think just before you go any farther, really quickly, um, one of the important things that you're going to have to set up before you get into a situation where you're training it is telling I that. I think you, you mentioned that there were some friends or something that were coming over. I can't, I, you know, people come to the house. I can't get the dog to not jump up on them. That's a great opportunity to say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. I'm actually working on something with my puppy or my young dog or whatever. Um, and would you, would you, help me train her and most people will say like oh that's amazing i can't i'd love to train your dog with you i think beeline went down the road too um say i'd love to train your dog you uh, help you train your dog this might even be somebody that you meet on the street you know these are great opportunities that you can take advantage of that are pretty realistic to take advantage of these natural training opportunities um now is b ready to go she's yeah she was Gagging on a treat there for a oh, second. I so think excited. she's okay. Um, yes, and to, to further Ken's uh, comment there, you know, do things to help your dog get under a little bit more control. You know, B has a leash and a collar on right now, so if I knew people were coming over, my dog just wouldn't be running free around the house. Right. I would be controlled. And if you just want to deal with the person at the door and not worry about the dog, Put them in their crate totally. so that they can't rehearse jumping at the door when you're not ready to actually work through it. But here's what you're going to do to practice this. And again, you might not be able to work as close as Ken and I are working at this point, but you're going to have several pieces of food in your hand and you're going to encourage your dog to go in a sit. Now, hopefully you can see, but my leash is completely loose. I'm not pulling B into a sitting position. She's sitting on a very loose leash and I'm going to yes and reward her provided she holds position. And as she's doing this, I'm going to continue feeding as Ken goes a little closer to her. Good girl. Good sit. Yes. Good girl. Very nice. And if your dog can handle this, you might have that person reach in and try and pet them. Yes. Good girl. Yes. Good girl. Good girl. Yes. And I'm going to yes and reward her at the same time. What I wouldn't want to do is hold the food Pull it away, be silent as Ken goes to pet her because I'm basically giving her no information. She's making a very good yeah. choice right now. Well, we've done this on several train stations as well as in real life. <laughs> yes, but if you were to do that, an untrained dog is just going to jump all over that person. So I need to be proactive. As that person approaches, I'm engaging, I'm rewarding. As that person's petting, I'd still do the same thing. And as the person's walking again, again, still yes and rewarding, engaging my dog. And then if I think that I'd like to let her say hello, I'm going to give her permission. I'm going to use that okay command. So B has to sit here and stay under control until I say, okay, go say hi. Hi, buddy. And then once I say okay, then she can go and say hello from there. Now, we train the dogs that when you say, okay, go say hi, that there's a certain expectation that they can wiggle and lean and say hello, but they're not going to jump up and, and jump on that person. But we do teach the dog, wait for permission, wait for that okay command, and then I'm going to give you a little bit more freedom, which means when I want to take it back, I can say, okay, be here, good girl, and I can call her away. So I can let her go, and I can call her by, uh, away at my own expense. Yeah, and using that okay command, we use okay, maybe you use break, 
whatever the word is. It doesn't really matter what the word is as long as you're consistent. It's really about telling your dog that they can stop doing whatever it is that you've asked them to do. It is so valuable in getting this kind of focus, this kind of like energy and excitement about working from your dog, regardless of their level of training. You're really building into them that, okay, whatever mom or dad has asked me to do, I need to keep doing it until they say, okay. That's exactly how you're going to get more motivation in your training sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to show you one more fun okay. Ready? Okay. So we actually do, we train our dogs to jump up as a trick. You absolutely do not have to do that. But, um, you know, that way if I want her to jump up and it's a fun little trick, again, I, if I do this, she's not going to jump on my arms. But if I say, okay, oops, okay, yay, oh my God, B. that was not a very good jump. But she waits for that release command so she knows there's a difference between when I want her to do it and when I don't. All right, good girl. We also have a video, um, and Dan the man may have actually put it in the chat already. I'm not sure. But we do have a video uh, that's all about jumping up where instructor Steve um, has a golden puppy, I think. And I he, recognize he that some, some of you that. have dogs that were too big and we would never want them to jump in your arms. Yeah, but for sure. if you have a smaller dog that you can catch, it's actually like a really fun trick to teach. Yeah. Um, getting on to Lydianne's question. It is. My 11-week-old puppy gets hyper and very nippy, sometimes lunges at our faces. How can we get get him to calm down? Is oh, putting puppies. Him, is putting him in the crate a good idea? Now, very just to, 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 to you know, start at the beginning of this, uh, how, how on earth is your puppy getting so close to your face? Um, be careful about the positions that you're putting yourself in, um, Lydia, um, Lydianne, because, uh, you know, I would hate for someone to get scratched or get nipped on the face or something like that. It also tells me that your puppy might be in these elevated positions or you're down on the ground with them. Um, unless you have a very tall dog, that might be the case as well. But um, don't put yourself in these positions where your puppy has an opportunity to get up that high. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the value of using a crate and, mm -hmm. and, and you know some of the, the things that Lydianne can do yeah. to uh, tackle this situation. Um, Using a crate is a great idea, but you don't want to use it as a, a form of punishment and you don't want to have your dog nip and bite and then just go put them in the crate after that because um, even though you're going to probably stop them from biting because you put them in the crate, it, it's not going to stop the dog from biting you the next time they come out. So a better thing to do is to have a leash or a line on and to immobilize the puppy um, so you have control. Keep yourself upright so you have a little bit more control and use the leash to stop the puppy from biting you. Um, once the puppy settles and relaxes, then you could certainly go and put them in their crate for, you know, for a little while just to give yourself a little emotional break at that point. Um, so the, the crate is a wonderful thing to use, but it's not going to be an effective way to discipline your puppy for nipping and biting you need to address that as a separate step and then happily and positively put your puppy in their crate for a little while and as ken said prevention is going to be key think yeah. about the the um, obvious or regular times that you're more prone to get nipping and biting and try to see if you can implement some more skills and control in those scenarios uh, so that your dog isn't having such an easy time making that decision. Um, let's talk. We ta I should say too, if, if there's other people on this stream that have a lot of uh, pup, uh, issues with nipping and biting, yeah. we go over dealing with nipping and biting in great detail in our puppy essentials class because we know a lot of dogs under six months, Sometimes 
you know, deal with those types of things. Um, and we get into very specific ways to deal with it. And the reason why we don't like to do it too much on live streams is so many dogs are different. People yeah. are different. And we need to learn a little bit about you and your dog so we can give you the right tools. So if you are having issues, I, I definitely recommend um, joining us for class because we'll be able to get into that stuff um, in really great detail to get that problem nipped in yeah. the <laughs> Nift, nipped in the what? Nipped in the bud. Okay. I think it said bop. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little, I know. <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little bit about, um, someone had a question earlier that said, my, my dog just won't wait. Like what, what do I do? And that is just as important as setting up some of these rules for your dogs under, so that they understand that they do need to listen. It's what you do when it doesn't go well. And we, we often talk about how important leadership is and why a great leader is going to set the dog up to be successful, but they're also there to do something if the dog makes the wrong choice. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what to do if you're struggling when your dog is releasing before, you know, you've allowed them to get up or allowed them to stop. Yeah. So there's a couple of different things that you can do in this scenario. Um, number one is you're not just going to let your dog do that. So, you know, if it's a scenario where you are having your dog hold position until being released or whatever it is, um, if your puppy goes to release themselves or say, for example, you're doing the food, the food thing, you're having your dog hold position, you're putting some food down, the dog's going to wait. If the puppy just gets up on their own and then you just let them eat the food, you're basically teaching your dog, you just choose how long you want to listen for and then you know, you can do your own thing. So um, I'm going to make sure that if my dog's no longer doing what I ask, I'm not going to allow whatever they're wanting to get to be the case. You know, if my dog, I can use that jumping up um, example as a, as a sort of the same scenario. If my puppy is, or if my dog is wanting to go see someone and they're jumping and barking and being crazy and I'm trying to work this in and it's not working and finally I just go, oh, whatever, just go say hi. So many people do that. Um, you're basically just telling your dog to be bad and then you can say hello. So make sure you're following through. And if you can't get control, then you need to not let that reward end up happening. So whether not letting them pet or not giving them the food, whatever it may be. The second thing to think about is, are you setting yourself up in the scenario to actually have control? So like what training apparatuses do you have on your dog? Do you have a, do you have a collar on your dog? Do you have a leash on your dog? Have you done the uh, training to teach your dog to wait? I think a lot of people think that dogs just are born learning the weight and you can just say it and the dog will do it. You know, you have to teach your dog what weight means. You have to go through the steps of training them how to do that um, so that you can then put an expectation on it. So you got to train things first before you do it. And last but not least, you can rep reposition your dog. So if you've asked your dog to do something and they've released themselves, they are not waiting for that release command, just place your dog back in a position, whether you place them into a sit or whatever it might be, and then release them when you're ready. So a lot of it has to do with follow through and expectation. Um, every single dog can learn to wait and, and will learn to wait if it's approached uh, properly. For sure. Um, I see another uh, super chat coming in. Seven ninety nine. Let's see. Let's Luttrell. Um, before we get to, do we, how much? Did, what did you talk about when we were talking about some of the follow through stuff? Like if your dog I jumps up or gets, gets up out of the sit, and the recall is a great example of that. I think. Yeah. Because honestly, when you think everybody uh, thinks that my dog uh, just, just won't respond, my dog doesn't know what to do when they're that far away, or that distraction is so high, or they'll come in, they'll zoom in, and then they'll take off again. Mm -hmm. What if the? It's because your dog doesn't really see you as that valuable. They find that either the activity of running toward you and then 
breaking off to the one side or the other is uh, more enjoyable. What if they saw the most valuable part uh, is getting to you? Also through repetition, they learned that that's the only option. That's why we use our come command in our, in our life skills program and in our grade one program uh, it, when it's in-house. Uh, it's it's your emergency command. It is your most reliable skill because you never know when you're going to need it. And when you do, you need it to work. Mm -hmm. So we really reinforce, um, you know, backloading some of that value, but specific to your dog. Um, so let's jump into these super chats. Let me find them here. So from Luttrell E. My 14-week-old puppy is very scared of strangers, especially on walks, to the point of nervous peeing and yelping, but she tries to, to, to walk to them. What can I do? Um, so first things first, uh, Luttrell, I would be really careful. If, you're, if your dog's, uh, not only because they're 14 weeks, it's pretty young for to be taking a puppy on walks, but, uh, and it also could be right in that fear period time where like even the, mo the most simple seeming things will create some issues for your puppy. But, um, uh, be careful about when you when you identify some of these problems, do your best, your very best to avoid putting your dog in that situation again. You shouldn't allow them to rehearse these behaviors. Now, I can't say specifically what your dog is doing. And, and I, 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 some, I kind of wonder, nervous peeing and yelping, it's hard to nail down a good answer without kind of seeing maybe that. Maybe sounds a bit like worried or it, even submissive. Yeah, it sounds quite submissive, mm -hmm. but I can't say that for sure. So um, just whatever you do, don't allow your dog to get up that close to those people. So when if you are out, when your dog's a little bit older and you're going for a walk, um, when you're out and around, build some distance, build some, you know, uh, rehearse some confidence. So if that means that you cross the street so you're not so close to those people, that's what you've got to do. You've really got to go out of your way to make your puppy or dog feel comfortable with their environment. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, people often want to take their puppies for a walk really early. Mm -hmm. It's not a good idea. Actually, your vet could tell you definitively when it's when it's appropriate to take your puppy for a walk. But puppies, like humans, have growth plates. They're epiphyseal plates. So sometimes people will be out taking their puppies for these long walks and their bones haven't totally formed, haven't fused uh, yet. So be careful about those long walks, um, especially now that you realize you have some sort of behavioral thing. Um, so just be very aware of that. And when you go out, pick a time when the there's nobody out, nobody around, and mm -hmm. you can build some confidence. Work in that green zone. We've talked about it lots here in the train station where your dog is confident and they can be successful. Mm -hmm. um, I need to get a $20 super chat. And just for just for that, let's have a bit of a party. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get back to the, the questions. Are Pamela. Pamela is joining us. Pamela says... Um, RBC, Yuri the Fury, loves to give us hugs in the morning. He's very loving. Then like a light switch, he turns into a Sour Patch Kid. Sweet. Then a hyper zoomy pup. Tried, how, <laughs> uh, tried high value deterrence. Let's just, I'll have to go over this one. Let me find I think here. she said detergent, uh, deterrence, redirection, redirect and, not, and hugging. not hugging. Help, please. Well, Pamela, we are here to help you. And thank you for the super chat. So let's talk a little bit about this. Film. Yeah, so definitely... Um, if your puppy, it's very, very common for puppies to um, turn very, very quickly, especially if they're in scenarios where they feel like they can take advantage of the moment. So definitely if um, he's giving hugs and he's up like at your face and you're being snuggly with him, you're very much putting yourself, you know, in a... Um, a playmate type of position. Now, I'm not saying we can never snuggle our dogs. Right. I'm one of the biggest snugglers in the world. She's a big snuggler. Yeah, I love to snuggle the dogs. Loves How to snuggle. However, not Ken, the dogs specifically. <laughs> um, they're much better snugglers than Ken, actually. <laughs> um, but basically what you need to think about is if you're going to be putting your dog in a situation where they can sort of be near your face or be close, um, 
you are, and they don't understand the rules about nipping and biting or being respectful around you, then you are opening up yourself to have a bad behavior. So um, I know you had mentioned um, not hugging, but that really, really, really is important. That's going to make a huge difference in your puppy. Make sure that you don't have them up near your face or you're not getting down close to the puppy's um, face because that's really going to encourage a lot of things. Um, the other thing is going to be timing. So um, you could be trying redirection and, and things like that, but... Oh, this is, yeah, this is um, really important. Tried high value uh, deterrence, those types of things. But if you're not doing it, A, with proper timing or B, proper technique, you also aren't going to solve your problem. So um, it's very important that if your puppy gets to the point where he turns that light switch and he's going crazy and doing these things, you've kind of missed your moment. You need to make sure as soon as the puppy starts to open their mouth, because puppies always, dogs in general, always do something before they actually commit whatever crime it is that they're going to commit. There's always a pre-cue that tells us, okay, I, I need to be ready for this. And yeah, family. Yeah, the one second uh, rule is so, so important. And, you know, the more you know about dogs, um, the easier it is to read those particular signs. So it might be that the ears go back or the body tenses, or sometimes I see a lot of dogs just uh, like that mouth. And people say, well, he's not biting me. Well, he's going to. So now is when you need to be addressing that behavior. And a lot of times we miss the mark. And then now we have a puppy that's in full fudge, like Sour Patch Kid, whatever you said mode where they're just absolutely crazy. So um, I want you to think about your timing. I want you to think about your position that you're putting yourself in in relationship to your puppy. Um, High value treats is fine, but if you're using them in situations where the dog's already excited and doing a nipping and biting, you could actually be making your your situation first. The high value food is great to use, but it needs to be used before there is any problem happening whatsoever. Um, So hopefully a couple of those things will be helpful. Yeah, and, and I might even suggest something like just using regular value rewards until your dog gives that extra, you have a few different rewards available. You could use your uh, bait pouch to tuck them away. But if your dog makes a great choice and it decides not to jump when you think you're like, I was sure that it was gonna happen this time, and he chose to keep all four paws on the ground, bring with those high value rewards. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we talk about, you mentioned high value deterrent. That's not really a thing. You know, it's either you're doing something to deter the dog or you're high value rewarding them. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want to differentiate and separate those two things. we talked a little bit about what to do if it's just not working. Uh, we need to, uh, I forget, I just looked at what I wanted to do. It's what I, did, what I wanted to talk about This next. one probably. Oh, that's, yeah, absolutely it. So um, thank you for pointing at, at it. You're welcome. When, Would you have rather me just said it? No, no, that's good. I'm glad you pointed at it. <laughs> when we're talking about being a good leader for our dogs, we want to set them up to be successful. And we did talk a little bit about what do you do if they fail? And, and part of training, you know, there's a difference between uh, practicing and proofing, of course. Mm-hmm. We talked about it often here in the train station. But when we're talking about practicing with our dogs, you know, if they're being successful, we want to make it a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. for them. If you find that your dog um, is doing a nice, good job of remaining in that sit, maybe. Let's use that sit at the end of your recall. And they're doing a really great job of that. Um, or even in a stay. You know what? I love the stay for a lot of reasons. It's not a super... He loves to stay. It's not It's not a very useful skill, like in terms of like everyday use. We teach a weight here at McCann Dogs instead uh, for, for most things. But the stay is a really great one because your dog learns that all they have to do is keep their bum parked on the ground. It can't move. Um, and, and they'll be rewarded for that. 
But the goal isn't to find the point where your dog's gonna break. Your goal is to figure out, you know, how can I make it a little more challenging so that they're still successful? Um, Bailey Jensky dropping the super chat, $20. Let's drop another one of these. Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, we'll jump I like back the to that. Lights. Yeah, they look really cool. Um, we'll go back to that in a second. Um, so, the, the goal of this, as you're working on this, working on a release command, isn't to get your dog to fail. Okay, that's it's really important that you think about that. Mm -hmm. It's about how do I make the dog more and more successful. However, I have a stri strict expectation that they will keep doing whatever it is, remain in that sit stay until I say okay. Because we need to be clear. To mm -hmm. be a great leader for our dogs, we want to be clear for them. So mm -hmm. you need to be clear for your dog and be consistent. Mm -hmm. um, it was so important. It was something that I found to be really important, and I thought you guys would appreciate it. So, hey, from Alaska, I spent 500 hours nice. watching your videos as prep for a few <laughs> months. My eight-week-old French Brittany sleeps in a crate next to the bed, but when he cries, I tap on the crate and... Oh, hang it on, doesn't just distract him from making noise. Okay. All right, so let's talk about that for a couple, a couple of uh, things specifically. So, Bailey, what I want you to do is use the crate more often throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So, your puppy needs to be going in and out of there quite often. You know, um, someone uh, sent a, a comment or some somewhere I recently saw, uh, my dog's okay when they're sleeping in there, but I don't know what to do with them when they're awake. Mm -hmm. So it's really important um, that you are, your puppy is going in and out of there quite often, especially at eight weeks old. You know, it's not terribly unlikely that the puppy's, it's going to be new, it'll be new to a crate, your puppy. Um, so you need to get them quite comfortable in that. Move that crate at to different areas around the house. Your dog really needs to understand that your expectation is that they'll go in there and maybe, you know, when it's not nighttime, when it's during the day, maybe you get like a Kong or your something, something that they really like so that you put it in there you put your puppy in there and then they just go and relax mm -hmm. what you're trying to condition here is your dog being relaxed and comfortable and satiated satisfied while they're in their crate mm -hmm. then when they finish that thing whatever the thing is then they can come out so often we're focused on uh, the reaction what do I do in response to my dog doing this? Yeah. When you guys need to be thinking about how do I get proactive about this? How, what do I do to either build value for, for something or you know, to set my dog up so that they can be successful? Mm -hmm. So this is a great example. Now, you, uh, you might, your puppy may need to go out in the middle of the night. You know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe you need a lo little longer play session before bedtime. Yeah. You know, these kinds of things are gonna set your dog up to be successful. But if you find that, uh, you know, I've, I've tried everything and it's not working, then you're gonna have to work at some the things around the thing. It's mm -hmm. the thing under the thing that's going to help you yeah. to be successful. Yeah, I actually have been doing um, some private work with uh, with somebody with um, a little Maltese uh, puppy who has been just horrible in the crate. She can't. But she also was doing the same thing that that you said. She was only creating the puppy at night, and then during the day, she was literally just following this dog around all day long, and was like, "I am so tired. I am so tired right. from watching this dog all of the time." And, and then I you was have like, to sleep. "Put the dog in a crate." She was like, "What? I can put the dog in the crate during the day?" And I was like, "Yes, you put that dog in the crate, and you go to lunch." <laughs> and uh, anyway, she has a little furbo. Um, video camera oh, yeah. on the dog yep. and so I guess the dog cried for like about two or three minutes when they left and then slept the whole time they were gone and uh, she said it's like just been like a life change starting to use the crate a lot throughout the day yeah. for little periods here and there just giving you know giving difference. them a bit a bit of a break giving the people a bit of a break the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to puppy crate training is the fact that it's training we have this sort of yeah. assumption that uh, if a crate training means I use a crate uh, I put the dog in mm -hmm. it 
and that's kind of where it ends. But really think deep, you know, about how am I going to how am I going to build value? We actually have a video, the biggest mistakes mistake that people make when it comes to puppy crate training. And in that video, I talk about a few things that'll be helpful, I think, for you. But um, I also want to say thanks for joining us from Alaska uh, and spending 500 yeah, hours watching cool. our videos. So thank well, you Well, you must much. be really sick Daily. of us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, how can you get sick of this, right? Am I right? Well. <laughs> okay, let's uh, get down to things here. Now, one thing I need to do for sure is thank you guys. Oh, I don't see my super chats. Um, thank you guys, everybody who dropped a super chat, everybody that's joined us here in the chat tonight. Uh, this wouldn't be possible without uh, lots of links looting. Dan, the moderator man, who's helped us out a ton. Thank you to SD Cruiser, Instructor Steve, all of you guys who have helped us out here in the chat. But thank you to you for hanging out with us over the course of tonight's train station. Um, you know, I I wish I'd had this resource available to me uh, when I was, you know, a, a dog training student. Uh, you know, when I was first training my dog, I, f I think sort of understanding the layers of uh, uh, how a dog trainer thinks would be quite helpful. And, and I want to thank you guys for hanging or out with us here tonight. Or you could be me, tonight. where basically you... Your you, whole life. You, at every dinner, at every right. moment of every day, I was learning about dogs yeah. and training and, uh, for sure. and, and, and which our, has been great too. For sure. And our conversations, you know, about you, about the chat, about train stations, about our dinnertime conversations, mm -hmm. actually being at the hall training dogs when, mm -hmm. you know, we have all those dogs to train, mm -hmm. uh, has been so helpful. So, uh, you know, it's nice to sort of let, you know, peer inside what we've learned and what information we think is really helpful for you yeah. guys. But, um, I just, I just want to say something. Um, a lot of you were asking about, um, the links for, uh, being able to sign up for puppy essentials or for life skills. Right. So Dan has, um, dropped them many times in the in the chat, but somebody was asking how can they get to them um, once yeah, this is over. For sure. So it will be in the uh, description right will, below yeah. yep. um, this when it's over, or you can also go to uh, mydogcan.com, uh, right? Uh, McCandogs.com uh, slash puppy essentials or McCandogs.com slash life skills. Yeah, or you can also click the link in the chat right now, which will open yeah. up in a new browser. And then when we close down, you'll still have it. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is your first time here on the channel. And mm -hmm. uh, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, it, if you are new here, uh, click that subscribe button. We publish new videos every single week to help you to have a well-behaved four-legged family member. And, and we do these every other Every other Thursday. week. Yeah, yeah, it's been so much fun. I see, I see people, some of our Puppy Essential students or Life School students are saying, saying, see you tomorrow on the yeah, Zoom. Yeah, see you tomorrow. And we're pumped about that. But I want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, on that note, I'm Ken. I'm Cal. Happy training, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Bye for now. See you.